Lance Jonathan. Why do you sound so annoyed with me already? Uh, even. So, on today's episode, we're going to be going over chapter 16, or at least a portion of it. A happy, successful partnership. Yes. So, just like every other episode, we're going to go over some sections that stood out to us. We're going to discuss them, and hopefully you will listen. So, let's go. Okay, first one. To gain a proper understanding of the marriage relation is the work of a lifetime. Those who marry enter a school from which they are never in this life to be graduated. Facts. Like we listened to, we listened to a sermon this morning and we said that, you know, um, getting married is not the finish line, it's the starting line. Yeah. The finish line, the finish line is death. Yeah. Till death or, do us part. Or Jesus. Yeah. Even then. Death. Jesus wouldn't be the finish line. Yeah. So you, you, if you enter into marriage, you enter into a learning opportunity for a lifetime that you will never, ever achieve. You will just die. <laughs> you. That's so morbid. But it's true. First way to start the episode, death. You, you'll die before you, like, master marriage. Uh-huh. Watch that's just like, that's why everybody goes like... <gasps> Before they die, they're just like, I figured it out. I mastered marriage. And then they die and they can't tell us any of their secrets. <laughs> You're so weird. Okay. Um, second, or unless you had another thing to no. say. Okay. Sit up so that you actually feel like talking. I do feel like talking. You, you just have the phone all the way over there and no one can hear me. You, okay, you're fine. <laughs> Until you go to edit and you're just start complaining at me like, yeah, no one can hear you. Okay. Can you scream at the phone? <laughs> Okay, next one. However carefully and wisely, marriage may have been... En- Wait, no, no, I read that wrong. However carefully and wisely, marriage may have been entered into, few couples are completely united when the marriage ceremony is performed. The real union of the two in wedlock is the work of the after years. Yep. So like we said, marriage is the starting line, not the finish line. Just because you have sex on the wedding night doesn't mean that you are now one. It means that you are now starting your journey to become one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking to add something else, but nothing else comes to mind. It's kind of self-explanatory. Okay. Next one. Let all seek to discover the excellencies rather than the defects. Often it is in our attitude, the atmosphere that surrounds ourselves, which determines what will be revealed to us in another. Hmm. Yeah, so don't be looking for the fault in your partner. Because I don't want to eat your phone. <laughs> um, I remember, like, one thing my parents used to say is one way to tell, like, they're speaking about, you know, just religion in general, but, like, never study the counterfeit. Always study uh, the, the real thing. The, the original. That's how you can tell the difference between... You know, fake, but it's like it can apply similar to your relationship. Don't be looking for the faults in the person. Look for the genuine goodness and the things that make them who they are that are positive. Because negative things will only make more negative things. Yeah. And when you're looking for a partner, you know, look for the things that God has told you to look for. Don't be looking for the like, don't don't look for the people to cross off of your list. Look to the people to be adding to your list. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're looking at people, like you just give make yourself a list and you cross people off, 
then you're you're examining their faults more than you are their their excellencies and that's you will attract more faults than you will excellencies at that point yeah also it's kind of rude when you think about it making a list just to cross people off of it <laughs> okay um do you have anything to add nope okay next one make christ first and last and best in everything Constantly behold him, and your love for him will daily become deeper and stronger as it is submitted to the test of trial. And as your love for him increases, your love for each other will grow deeper and stronger. Yeah, put God at the center and continuously seek him. Um, I think that's just not like a couple issue. That's just a general issue among like all, everyone is. Sometimes we forget to continually seek God. We think we found God. We're like, yay, I finished. And you're like, no, you're just beginning. So I think that's one thing that we need to keep in mind. Continually mm-hmm. seek God. And then, because if you continue to seek God, then your relationship will just be better. And when, so when you think about it, you know, if you put God in the center, whatever shape your relationship is, if you put God in the center, you can only get closer to each other by getting closer to God. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you reach closer to God and he will bring you two closer together. That's, that's the only way that you will grow deeper and stronger in love with each other and with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Okay. All should cultivate patience by practicing patience. By being kind and forbearing, true love may be kept warm in the heart and qualities will be developed that heaven will approve. Do you have stuff to say? I don't know. Practice patience. Yeah, that's that's an important thing because you don't want to just like lose your lose your ever loving mind on somebody over something small like a donut. Hmm. Um. Or you know because they left one sock on a thing and you're just like how many times I have to tell you and you make them when you just like leave the sock in their like morning breakfast and you're just like next time don't leave your sock on the floor and they're just like how was this called for I said I love you and they're just they're just like eat your sock. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is something that like I, like I said before that applies to everyone. They can still hear me if it's like half know, an inch you lower. Don't enunciate, so it needs to be closer. You don't enunciate. You don't enunciate. Um, these are all qualities that we should all be seeking to to uh, better ourselves in, um, because these are the qualities that we're going to need to, to get into heaven. Like, this is not just for the married person. This is for the single person. This is for the child. This is for the senior. This is for person who's experiencing a midlife crisis i don't know it's for it's for everyone all right that if you want to if you're hoping to get into heaven there's a bunch of qualities of character that you need you know to get entrance into there and those qualities need to be true qualities mm-hmm. okay Satan is ever ready to take advantage when any matter of variance arises, and by moving upon the objectionable, hereditary traits of character in husband or wife, he will try to cause the alienation of those who have united their interests in a solemn covenant before God. I mean, when you 
when you think about it, God, uh, not God, sorry, Satan is literally always, if your marriage is healthy and filled with God, Satan will always be crawling just behind you trying to find a moment where he can slip in and break you guys up. Yep. It's, you gotta guard your heart, you gotta guard your marriage uh, in any relationship you have because any little thing that you may indulge in is just, or the multitude of things that you may indulge in, however small they may seem, are giving access to the devil to put little, uh, little rocks, little stumbling blocks in your relationship. And you keep tripping, you get frustrated, you keep getting more frustrated, the blocks just keep getting bigger and bigger, and you're just like, you know what, this, this ain't worth it. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, one big example that I, I heard before we got married was um, it doesn't matter how angry you are. You decided to marry each other. None, neither of you are sleeping on the couch because that makes such a huge opportunity for the devil to lay in your marriage bed with whichever spouse is alone mm. um, and just cause havoc in whoever's head, right, in both of your heads. And it's it's separating you at a time where you're so vulnerable to and accessible to the devil whereas if you're laying next to each other and you're together and you pray before bed then you are protecting each other and each other's presence will remind you why you love them in the first place yeah okay next one both are to cultivate the spirit of kindness being determined never to grieve or injure the other yeah, we. I can add to that. Just be nice. Don't be a crouchy, you know, grouchy pants. You know. I mean, if you've decided to marry each other, you're going to be living together. You're going to be with each other at every moment in time. If you have nothing nice to say, just don't say it. That applies to everything, anytime, anywhere. But, and everyone. Yeah, but if you're in a marriage covenant, it's even more so. Like, be kind to each other and, and don't, if there's something that's bothering you about your spouse, approach it with kindness, like, um, us against the problem, not you against them. Because all you're going to be doing is is opening doors for the devil to come in and, and rip you guys apart. Mm, creating more tension. That's just going to make your lives even more miserable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you married the person, you shouldn't want to bring them down in the first place. Yeah, shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do not try to compel each other to do as you wish. You cannot do this and retain each other's love. Don't try to convince your spouse to do things that you want to do, even though you know it's not best for your marriage or for your spouse. Most things that you're trying to convince your spouse to do aren't best mm -hmm. for your thing. Um, everything should be approached almost in like a professional manner, like how you'd like... A tackle, have a meeting and discuss it. <laughs> yeah, like how you tackle problems or issues at work. Like, if you're going to have a meeting uh, to discuss things at work, then have a meeting to discuss things in your relationship. I'm moving the phone. Sorry. You're all over the place. So, yeah, try to, instead of just like, well, I want to do this, so I'm going to convince you that this is the best thing for a relationship. And guys and, and girls are guilty of this thing. Well, I want to have sex more often. Or, well, I think that would be good if we went and did this activity, knowing full well that the, the um, that your um, significant other has no interest in doing either of those things. 
So it could be, yeah, it, it could be, you know, I think the most common one in that is, is sexual, um, where either or a partner is trying to convince the other to do something that they're not necessarily comfortable with. Um, but it could also be in the sense of like, um, let's say, let's say you, John, you know, you, you feel completely uncomfortable about around my aunt so-and-so because like, I don't know, she just gives you really bad vibes. And like, I'm not super close with her, but I keep trying to convince you to come hang out with her to like overcome your fear of her kind of thing. But that's not beneficial to you. And that's not beneficial to me either. And there should be no reason for me to try to convince you into something that you, you can decide for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, if there's something that as a spouse, you really think that is needed in your spouse's life and you're trying to convince them, stop trying to convince them directly and pray to God and God will make do the convincing for you if it's his will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Watch well your words for they have a powerful influence for good or for for ill. Allow no sharpness to come into your voices. That's a hard one, but... Just as important as most things in a relationship is that, you know, the Bible says the tongue has a power of life and death. So when you realize the extent of how much power your words have, then you should think about it and reevaluate how you or how or what you say. Mm-hmm. And... You're, like we heard this morning in the sermon too, your tone makes a yeah. huge difference How in you what it? you're conveying. If you're saying, you know, I love you so much, sweetie, but you're saying it with like a, I love you so much, like, you know, it, it, it conveys a completely different message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch your tone, watch your words. Make sure you're not um, it, hurting people with the blind like the carelessness that you're using with your words love cannot long exist without expression hmm okay yeah yeah okay so You can't expect a relationship to last unless you're expressing the love that you have for each other. Because if not, it's just going to dwindle away. Yeah. Like if you're, um, it can be in any stage of a relationship. If you guys are friends and you both care for each other and, you know, you tell each other, oh, you know, like I I like you and, you know, you like each other. Okay, cool. But then neither of you ever act on that like. Eventually it'll dwindle and it'll go away. Same if you're already married. If you get to marriage and you're like, I've met the finish line, I don't really have to do anything anymore, and you stop acting and, and pursuing your, your spouse, then your love won't last very long because it, it won't stay love if you don't cultivate it. Mm-hmm. Facts of life. Yeah. Okay, so this wait, this one, two, three, four. Okay, there's a lot more than I thought there was. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so next one. Too many cares and burdens are brought into our families and too little of natural simpli- simplicity and peace and happiness is cherished. One thing I want to highlight on is simplicity. That's one thing I think is overlooked a lot is 
the fact that we were supposed to be simple, mm. right? As, as, as simple as can be. Because the more extravagant and the the more bougie you make your that you strive to be the more chances the devil can come in and just mess with you because you can't attain to those things you can't attain to be you know the fanciest the richest the wealthiest etc etc um but when you're simple it's very hard for just like if you look at something that's super simple that has two moving parts it's very hard for the for it to like break down because it has two moving parts. Unless those two moving parts are made out of Play-Doh, <laughs> it's very hard for it to break down. It's so simple. Okay? Like take for example, I don't know, uh, a hammer. It may not have any moving parts. Hammers don't usually break mm. unless you're uh, neglect them and are super excessive with them. But things that have so many moving parts like um a car there's so many things that can go wrong with a car as compared to a hammer or a scooter all right so when you keep things simple it's a lot easier to identify the problem and to fix the problem and it's also a lot easier to be peaceful when it's simple because it never becomes overwhelming mm-hmm. and be simple with everything uh how you communicate with each other how you uh tackle issues uh your life goals um even the food you consume the clothes you wear like just make everything simple and it'll be more rewarding and easy easier to appreciate mm-hmm. less burdens will find their way into your life if your life is simple exactly mm-hmm. okay There should be less care for what the outside world will say and more thoughtful attention to the members of the family circle. Yep. That's something that really, really bothers me within certain families, that they're so stuck on this whole idea of, well, you can't do that because what will people think? It doesn't matter what people think. It matters what you're about your your family's health and it matters what God will think. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people use that as a controlling tactic, and one, it's 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 annoying if you've ever experienced it, and two, it's like blackmail, and that doesn't seem very Christ-like. Mm. Right? You're trying to um, blackmail someone into doing something by giving them this uh, ultimatum of like, well, people won't like you, they'll think of you weird because you did this or that or whatever. But it doesn't, yeah, it should be more of a, you know, you don't want to do this or make these decisions because, you know, God advised against it. And for your health, this would be better. If you constantly get your children or your spouse to think about what other people outside of the home will think of your family. Then they'll never credit the family unit that you have established. Well, that and they, they will live a life of constant fear of other people after that they will have trust issues like you wouldn't believe because they're going to constantly think that other people have something against them and that they're they're trying to belittle them because of like but the people may, may not even be thinking about them at all but because you put into their minds that people are constantly looking at them and always judging them then they'll be afraid to be themselves around anyone yeah Hundred percent. I was gonna say something, but I forgot. 
you know. Okay. <laughs> Next one. And the fact will also be revealed that the care of self, irrespective of the good and happiness of others, is not beneath the notice of our Heavenly Father. God sees everything. And the thing is, is that he... Takes note of the the excep- exceptional things that we do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is saying, like, you know, to, to care for yourself and, like, self-love kind of thing. Or if it's saying, you know, to care for yourself. Like, be careful of how much you care for yourself. Like, without um, considering how other pe- it will affect other people. Yeah. Exactly what's saying. Um... Speakers under there. Well, that's exactly what's saying. Um, because how can you look after other people if you haven't taken care of yourself first? Mm. You are supposed to um, self-sacrifice to help other people, but you still have to take care of yourself in order to do that. First rule and um, first responder and uh, rescuing someone. Make sure that you are safe before you try to save someone else. Mm. Because if you cannot safely rescue them, then you're just going to create a second victim. Yeah. And God calls us to love ourselves. So he calls us to love him and then ourselves and then others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a house with love in it where love is expressed in words and looks and deeds is a place where angels love to manifest their presence and hallow the scene by rays of light from glory. Yeah, God likes a, fun- a perfectly functioning household, and his angels will be all around it. You'll be able to feel that, like, this is a nice house. This feels warm and cozy and godly. Mm-hmm. You feel God in every room and every mm-hmm. section of the home. Yeah. Okay. We'll do this one, and then we'll split it into, I think, yeah. Um, love should be seen in the looks and manners and heard in the tones of the voice. Yes. Love needs to be put into actions. Needs to be... Let's put it this way. If you are truly um, in love or loving someone, uh, you should express it in words and those words should be turned into actions. And I mean, so... I don't know if any of you have ever had the, the instance where, you know, someone can say something, but their eyes say something completely different. And I think that for me, the most beautiful expression of love is when two people love each other, but they're not necessarily talking to each other. And like, they'll look at each other from across the room and you can just tell how much they care about each other. And the way that they talk to each other is so endearing. And like, you, you can feel the love in their conversations. Mm-hmm. That's something that's, that I've always looked up to and like that I strive towards in our marriage. And I've, I've been laughed at before for the way that I look at John, because I, I look at him with my googly heart eyes all the time. Sometimes your thirsty eyes too. (laughs) But you know, my husband knows that I love him because of that. Mm -hmm. So that's something that, that should be there, and it, it's it's a way for p- other people to understand what love is through your relationship without you having to explain it to them. 
Okay, so we'll end that one there, and we will do a part two of chapter 16. And, yeah, so if you have any comments, questions, concerns, you can email us at info.lessonsforyou at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Realtime Talk Podcast, on Instagram at Realtime underscore, underscore talk, um, and on YouTube at Realtime Talk. I'm I almost threw the phone. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, enjoy. Do you have anything to add? Nope. Okay. Stay in school. Sabbath school. Stay in Sabbath school. <laughs> <laughs>